You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Activate your free Assembly Call membership today at assemblycall.com slash join. That's assemblycall.com slash join. That is how you're a champion. It really is. And now, get ready for another brand new edition of the Assembly Call. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious edition of the Assembly Call. This is Andy Bottoms filling in for Jared Morris tonight, and we're going to be talking about IU's 85-52 to victory over Mississippi Valley State today. Uh, Closed out the Indiana Classic, I believe it's called, and this game was uh, not exactly a classic early on, but did did turn out, I think, the the route to get to where uh, the game ended up was probably a little bit different than most people expected, but I think the final margin of around 30 points is uh, is what most had hoped for. So uh, Ryan Phillips is going to be here with me to break it all down for everybody. And so uh, we're going to we're going to talk about this game, see if there's anything really to take take from it, as we've, uh, I think, often struggled to do a bit in some of these uh, preseason games, trying to figure out, you know, what, what does this all really mean? So we'll try to talk about some uh, solid individual performances uh, and look ahead a little bit to North Carolina, which is really the big game on everybody's mind next Wednesday. Uh, according to Homer Drew, that, that will be played at the Assembly Center. So those of you who have uh, tickets for Assembly Hall uh, may need to look for the address of this new venue. Uh, so I'm going to fill in for Jared and, and give tonight's banner moment. Uh, I, I think uh, from from my perspective, it had to be OG Ananobi. Uh, you know, certainly coming off of the last game where he didn't play, uh, you know, didn't didn't play very much at all and didn't play well in the time that he was in there, you know, found out after the game that he was sick. And so the question was really one, was he healthy and, and how would he be able to bounce back? He answered those questions emphatically tonight with a career high of 21 points, uh, did a little bit of everything, hit three, three pointers, uh, was four of seven from the line, which was really the only, uh, the only blemish on, on his, uh, scorecard tonight and was uh, four of seven from two point range. So made some nice plays off the drive, made some nice plays off the catch, uh, finished with eight rebounds as well, and and would most certainly have had a double-double had he not set out uh, a good chunk of the last part of the game. So those 21 points came in 26 minutes. Uh, and if uh, what I'm looking at is correct, his plus minus was at 30, which was the best on the team. And I thought, you know, just from him really setting the tone, uh, not only on the offensive end, but really, uh, you know, extended defensively, uh, which was a big area of concern following the loss to Fort Wayne this week. So uh, there were certainly times when IU was much more intent defensively, and he was a big part of that, uh, but really liked how he, you know, attacked in different ways. We've talked uh, earlier this season about, you know, him not settling for three-pointers as much. And I thought, you know, he made a few threes early today, uh, but did a better job attacking the basket overall. And I think, uh, you know, that's the kind of performance I use definitely got a need from him as we look ahead to the North Carolina game. And, uh, and I think a good one to build on for him after a really off night, uh, from, uh, from him on, on Tuesday. Uh, so with that, uh, we'll remind everybody that tonight's banner moment is brought to you by our friends at Hoosier proud an Indiana based brand by Hoosiers for Hoosiers. Connor and the team at Hoosier proud offer a line of t-shirts and accessories that are unmatched for anyone who wants a unique stylish way to display their own pride in being a Hoosier. Uh, I know I received my own assembly call shirt last week and wore the uh, kick was good shirt yesterday for the bucket game. 
so have uh, enjoyed their products myself and would encourage everybody else to check those out at hoosierproud.com. If you use the promo code assembly, you can receive a 15% discount on your entire order. I know they had some other sales going on uh, for uh, for Black Friday and, and probably some holiday shopping there. So would encourage everybody to go to hoosierproud.com and use the promo code assembly to get 15% off. So with that, I'm going to swing it to Ryan to get his uh, rant on tonight's game. Uh, he did get in a little bit of a Twitter rant earlier, so perhaps the rant will be a Twitter only, just like the game today was an online only event. And maybe Ryan will uh, go a different route with his uh, with his rant on the show. I have to. I can't. I can't get into that right now. That would just. Uh, I mean, it'd be entertaining for some of you, but the rest of you would change the channel. Uh, no, I, th- I thought tonight the guy I want to talk about is Thomas Bryant. I thought that it was a very slow night for him. Uh, I, I thought that Mississippi Valley State, I mean, what you can say about those guys, they, you know, they're 0-8 now, but they played hard, and uh, defensively, they just packed in the paint, made it really hard to get Bryant touches, which I think Indiana's going to see a lot of this year. And in the second half, they made a concerted effort to get him the ball, and especially, you know, there's a stretch probably about midway through the second half where they fed him consistently, and he wound up with a double-double uh came out of the game. He had 11 rebounds, which was a big deal, but he also had 13 points. Uh, he threw in three blocks. He had two turnovers, which were unselfish turnovers. He was trying to throw passes uh, to guys when he may have you know, been better off just turning around and laying the ball in or shooting it. There were interior turnovers. and It's you know, you, you like to see that he's looking around and he's he's looking for ways to get out of double teams or when there's a, he draws a crowd, but at the same time, He's Thomas Bryant. He should probably be trying to score there. Uh, but overall, I thought it was a good night for him. He only played 25 minutes. Uh, I mean, you know, Ananobi and Johnson led all uh, the Hoosiers and only played 26. So that's a good sign. You got a lot of guys getting some some extended minutes off the bench, uh, and, and the starters got to rest a little heading into that. You know, what's going to be a, a heck of a game on Wednesday against North against a really good North Carolina team that's playing very well right now. So uh, some guys got some rest. Obviously, James Blackham Jr. missed the game. So it'll be interesting to see how they respond when the competition ratchets up again on, on Wednesday. We saw how they responded against Kansas. Bryant and, and Ananobi both need to step it up, uh, you know, as it as it comes to that game. Yeah, and and just as a quick reminder for those who may be listening to this after the fact, didn't watch the game. James Blackman Jr. did not play today. Uh, IU apparently released a statement said he had aggravated a knee injury in the Fort Wayne game, uh, and he was sitting out today. It sounds like from everything uh, I could tell online, it was it was more precautionary in nature. Um, it sounded like he'd warmed up a little bit. So uh, would like to think it's just precautionary. I'm not sure if Tom Crean will share any more about that in the post game, um, but uh, be sure to you know kind of check in on that situation certainly will want him uh in uniform for wednesday's game um but but the first thing i want to talk about ryan was you know obviously this was a somewhat important game for iu just to get the taste out of his mouth from the game against fort wayne on tuesday and i think what most people i think there are probably two things most people were looking for one was how did the defense look in in comparison uh to what they did against fort wayne and the other was how well did the ball move offensively uh as there were some pretty stagnant offensive possessions in that uh in that loss so with those two things as backdrop, you know, how do you think the Hoosiers graded out in those areas uh, in the game today? Well, I thought, especially from the start, I, I thought that uh, the ball movement was exceptional. I thought there was a lot of activity offensively, and it's clear that that has been stressed to the team. I mean, you could just tell from the beginning they were being aggressive, going to the hoop, moving the ball, you know, just trying to make the defense work, which they did not do against Fort Wayne. That was a stagnant offensive performance I've seen in a long time from from this group. Uh, 
you know, going back a few years even. Uh, and, and so I think it was better to see that off the, off the tip. Uh, I think that there was a stretch late in the first half where they kind of got out of sync, but then I thought the second half, it was an aggressive half offensively. And, you know, with things like turnovers, we've talked about this on the show before. I don't mind an aggressive turnover. If you're driving and a ball gets tipped and then it goes off your leg out of bounds or something, and you're being aggressive and going to the hoop, Hey, you know what? That happens. It's not a big deal. If you're, uh, you know, driving hard and, you know, getting the ball tapped out, from behind you as well or something, and then you lose it and you fumble with it. That's fine. I don't mind that. Uh, you get a charge going to the hoop. You know, that stuff happens. What I don't like are lazy turnovers and stupid turnovers. And I think that what you got a lot in the Fort Wayne game were timid, lazy turnovers. And, and I think that tonight, for the most part, you had 15 turnovers. Some of those came late, though, when the subs were in. I think they were only around 12 or, or 13 uh, by the time they emptied the bench. And that's a good number for IU with as many possessions as they rack up. And most of the turnovers in this game were the kind that you're fine with. There were a few silly passes, but for the most part, it's guys trying to move the ball, be aggressive, and somebody steps into a passing lane. That stuff, again, that's basketball. It happens. Uh, so I think that the, offensively, we saw a lot more movement, which I thought was a positive. Defensively, there's still some work to do, but I thought it was much better effort, uh, much better preventing drives and forcing guys to shoot. And, and that's what they didn't do against Fort Wayne, and that's why Fort Wayne got so many open looks was because they'd play up too high, get driven on, and then somebody would have to help, and it would leave a guy open, or they'd let him finish the drive. And I thought there was a lot of drive prevention going on tonight, and that's what it needs to do. I mean, you dare teams to beat you with three-point shots. That's what you have to do in college basketball. If they beat you, they beat you but you cannot allow them to drive on you at will. Yeah, I thought IU also played a little more zone tonight, which was a little bit surprising. They let some general penetration in the first half during a stretch where they played really poorly, quite frankly, and gave up 12 points in a row. thought they played a little bit better um, in the second half in that regard and, and contained the dribble uh, a bit more. I thought that was still an issue at times, but did force um, more, more shots from deep. And then offensively, I think the ball moved a lot more. The, just the assist numbers were much better. Uh, assist to, to made field goal ratio was a lot better. So um, I think those things were better. It's it's hard to take uh, a lot of, you know, again, as we've talked about in some of these other, you know, non-conference games, in some ways it's hard to take a lot away from a game against a team that's, that's vastly overmatched as it was today. But um, I think some positive things in that regard, but I, I think certainly wouldn't, I don't think either of us would say that things um, that went wrong there were, uh, we're totally fixed today. And I think, you know, the dribble penetration issue and communication defensively is going to be a, a big issue against North Carolina. And I think perhaps the zone, uh, as you kind of mentioned here in the chat, is a, is a way to prepare for uh, needing to play that again uh, against the Tar Heels on Wednesday. Um, so we've talked about two of IU's players who scored in double figures so far with OG Ananobi and Thomas Bryant. And we're going to talk about the third uh, of those once we, uh, once we come back. But um, first, I want to take a quick minute and tell you about our other sponsor, SeatGeek. Um, buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time now, and it's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show that you're looking to go to. None of the older ticket sites wanted to change that, but SeatGeek is different in that regard. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets online. SeatGeek is always the first place that I go to look for tickets to a game or concert, and everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. Uh, they do that by doing all the price comparison for you. They pull together uh, you know, multiple ticket sites and information there to make sure that you get the best possible deal. And so SeatGeek does all the work, and you save time and money. And best of all, our listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. And to get that $20 rebate, you need to download the SeatGeek app, 
go to the settings tab and click add a promo code and then enter promo code assembly. After that, SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So we would encourage you to go out and do that today. Download the SeatGeek app and again, use promo code assembly today. You're listening to the assembly call. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Ryan Phillips. And Ryan, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit more about you know one of the other players who scored in double figures today. Talked a bit about OG Ananobi, and we may circle back to him later as well, who had 21 points. Uh, but the second leading scorer for IU was Robert Johnson, who ended up with 14. I think most of those, maybe 11 of those, came in the second half, and and he and OG fueled an early 14 to two run where they scored all 14 of the points in the first uh, segment of the uh, of the second half. And so, you know, I thought it was an uneven game for Robert, who I think was minus one and plus minus uh, in the first half, but then, uh, you know, really rebounded and, and played well in the second half. What what did you think of his overall performance tonight? I actually thought it was a pretty good game for him. I thought defensively he was one of the guys that was preventing dribble penetration uh, for most of the game, which, again, he's he's proven time and again that he's an excellent defender. I think that maybe there was a little bit more on his shoulders uh, to try and shoulder a scoring load because James Blackman was out, even though we're playing a, a, a really low-tier team. I think that maybe he just puts that – uh, puts that on himself. Uh, five of 10 from the field, four of nine from three. A couple of those threes were big though, uh, just for the timing. And, and so he really stepped into some good shots. Uh, three rebounds, three assists, two, only two turnovers. Again, I thought he handled the ball a lot. I thought he played great defense. Uh, second half was certainly better than the first offensively, but I thought the first half he really helped out offensively in the stretches where they were playing well. And, uh, while you know his plus minus wasn't great, I think that that was a lot of other guys getting beaten uh, with regularity and not him. So I, I thought it was a decent game for Robert. I think that there was just a lot put on him uh, in this game with with Blackman out and and really no primary shooter on the perimeter. I mean, everybody on this team could kind of shoot, but that you know Blackman's your go-to guy when things are breaking down, and and he sort of stepped into some threes to uh, to make stuff happen. I mean, he's your he's your boy. You're the president of the fan club. What do you what did you think of his performance? You know, I thought it was I thought it was a little bit uneven. And I think, you know, in listening back to the show that you guys did after Tuesday's game, I mean, that, I think that was the takeaway for him and a number of guys, quite honestly. But um, I thought, this, you know, the same thing in my one my one gripe with him tonight was, you know, nine of his 10 shots came from three point range. And while he did hit some big ones, I think he's also shown the ability early in the season and certainly did in the Kansas game and had a stretch early in the Fort Wayne game where he was really attacking the basket a little bit more. Now, he did have a few assists today, and some of those, I think, came from uh, from attacking the rim. So um, not to say he didn't do that at all, but you know, for a team that got criticized a lot for settling for threes uh, in that Fort Wayne game, you know, nine of his 10 shots were from there. Uh, but but again, he shot the ball well from there. He made four, so hard to complain with the result. Um, but not getting to the free throw line for a guy who, with Blackman out, you know, and, and even when Blackman is in the game as a primary ball handler, um, th- those would pro- that would probably be my biggest uh, you know my biggest point of contention. But I thought overall um, he, he played well and really helped them get off to that big start at the beginning of the second half when it was really a chance to either you know put Mississippi Valley State away. Uh, after they had scored, I think the last seven in the first half, you know, they could either put him away, build on that momentum, uh, or let him hang around a little bit longer. And he and OG were certainly a big part of stopping that. So in that regard, uh, a good performance, but um, you know, something look to see him diversify what he's doing a little bit more in the same way that you know a guy like OG did uh, today. Uh, so another guy, and I know you mentioned this on Twitter um, 
or, or maybe it was on a, a text chain that we were on, but about Juwan Morgan. So uh, he went back to that six-man role tonight, although I don't think he was actually the first guy off the bench, but he yeah, moved back out of the starting lineup, ended up with six points on one of four shooting, uh, did make all four of his free throws, four offensive rebounds, um, five rebounds total, an assist and a block. Um, but sounded to me like you still were kind of, uh, I don't know, disappointed or, or just seemed like a weird performance from him from you. So what are you seeing from him out there that's uh, making you feel that way? Well, I think in the first half, he just made some bad decisions with the basketball, whether it was driving in, whether it was taking a three. I, I think the three came in the second half, actually. But um, he just he made some bad decisions with the basketball. And that's so not Jawan Morgan. I, I almost feel like right now, as a sophomore who is sort of become one of the representatives of that positionless basketball thing. He might just have too much on his plate and he might be overthinking it. Um, he's not playing poorly, but I guess I just expect more from him. Uh, and I thought later in the second half, he played much better. Look, credit to him for making all four of his free throws. Uh, you know, that that's going to be huge. And I've been on he and OG and Thomas and, and Robert Johnson to all, uh, make their free throws because that's going to be so huge for this team. And, and the offensive rebounds are great. And his activity level is always up and he always plays well when he's active. And he had a nice block on a uh, recovery from a break. Excuse me. Um, but he also, you know, I, I just feel like he's not making him a, a lot of noise when he's out there. And I think that defensively he gets beaten a little bit. He got, you know, against Fort Wayne, he got smoked consistently. I felt tonight he was getting beaten a little bit. And, and again, that, I mean, that's what he's supposed to be there for, you know, is being a great defender, great rebounder, and then, you know, chip in on the offensive end and be able to handle the ball when when the occasion arrives. Maybe it's a situation where he's a sophomore adjusting to a role uh, that he hasn't, you know, been in before with the with the playing multiple positions and things like that. Last year, he was mainly just, hey, Juwan, go in the post and you know, be active and then pop out for a three every once in a while. Now he's got a real defined role that, that he's maybe not comfortable with. So this could be a thing where in a month we look at it like, okay, now he's settled in. Uh, but I just think that, that right now, especially with North Carolina looming, that's a, you know, that, that's a guy we're going to need on, on Wednesday night. If, if Indiana wants to win that game, they're going to need to get a good game out of him, a good game out of, of OG and, and all the, all, you know, all the, the usual suspects who need to play well for Indiana to win. Yeah, I think he he had some trouble finishing around the rim, and, and I think that's one thing that you look ahead to a North Carolina game is really something to watch from him. You know, some of his offensive rebound came from his own misses in the uh, you know Moses Malone tribute area, but uh, I, I thought well, he. I'm sorry to cut you off, but that, and that's just a lack of concentration. And I'm not saying that Juwan's not trying harder; he's not paying attention. It's just a you think it's so easy. It's a, you see uh, all pro wide receiver drop a wide open pass sometimes. I mean that's what that is. It's a lack of concentration. You take it for granted, and he's just got to focus up. I mean those were there were he's missed uh, several key gimmies this year so far. He had a couple against Fort Wayne where he just chucked it off the backboard, you know, by himself under the basket and missed it. So he he's got to get good at he's got to get better at that and he's got to get better at finishing through contact as well. Yeah, I, I would agree. That was the main thing I saw from him um tonight that I don't I don't want to say it's concerning, but I guess if I want to look for one thing going forward, I think that would be it from him because he did do a good job when he got to the free throw line, made all four of his free throws. Um, and I think can be a good offensive rebound and not just in those scenarios. He, he had one where he just jumped up over somebody and grabbed the rebound, a really athletic play. And I think that was, you know, the kinds of things that we saw from him last year, um, which I suppose is a good enough segue as any to, to looking at, uh, you know, quickly on Zach McRoberts, who took uh, a spot in the starting lineup um, with, again, with Blackman uh, out as well. Um, 
that allowed Josh Newkirk to uh, to move into the starting lineup. But uh, you know, McRoberts got the start, thought played really well in a in a defined role against Fort Wayne. Uh, I, I thought similar tonight. He stepped out and hit a three early, which I thought was big because you know even Fort Wayne was really just daring him to shoot, uh, and he seemed somewhat unwilling to do so in that game. So I thought you know tonight stepped into one and, and confidently made it. I think missed another later, but uh, overall thought thought he continued to play well. Um, so I'm going to kind of lump him in with, with OG here, um, just because you didn't get a chance to talk about him. And that was the the starting front court for IU, um, quick thoughts on, on McRoberts. And then more than that, uh, what you saw from OG tonight. Well, McRoberts, I thought did a nice job. He was, he was determined to move the basketball. He was determined to, to keep the offense going and, and sort of like, a uh, you know, a Hartman or, uh, Zeisloft last year, they aren't going to blow you away with athleticism. They each have things they can do, but they also get people organized. And and I felt like he was filling that role tonight. He was getting people to the right spots, pointing out things, um, and he ran the offense. And and he he also was the one guy in the first half who was really looking to get the ball to Thomas Bryant. So I thought it was a nice start for him. I don't know if it's something we'll get used to, but he certainly carved out a role for himself so far as a guy who, when things are going wrong, uh, he can you know, pop in and, and, uh, and, and sort of get things straight. Uh, I thought as far as OG goes, I think that it's almost like tonight and I don't know if this will last, but it was like tonight, a light went on with him and it was like, man, basketball can be really easy when I just use my, the tools at my disposal instead of, you know, wandering on the perimeter you saw him driving into traffic, but he's good enough to drive into traffic and finish. And you saw him, you know, stepping confidently into a three uh, several times and, and then, you know, rebounding eight rebounds, uh, one assist, only one turnover, had a block and a steal things we expect from him. But I thought offensively, he just sort of, it was almost like a light, uh, seriously, like a light went on and it was, you know, Oh, there's a driving lane. Maybe I should drive, you know, and then I don't have to get all the way to the hoop. If three guys come over here, I can step up and, and lay it in over them or, you know, go around people and things like that. And 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 so and, and the game for a guy like OG and, and Thomas Bryant, I mean, the game is easy for those guys if they just use the tools at their disposal. And, and so he's just got to get used to not being the scrappy guy who nobody looks for anymore, which is sort of what he was last year and and what he was, you know, the entire time he was being recruited as well. He was this guy from out of nowhere who people didn't expect much from and he would wow them. Well, now he's got to realize that he's one of the guys on this team and something is expected from him and he's got to learn to deal with that. Now, like Juwan Morgan settling into his role, maybe this is something where it's just he's uncomfortable right now and he's still getting used to being a guy that people look to and rely on. So it it might take some time and, and this might be the kind of thing where, again, in a month we're looking at like, okay, well, he's finally figured it out. He's settled in. But a night like tonight, he's certainly capable of, uh, you know, finishing with a career high of, of 21 and also adding eight boards, uh, you know, and shooting 58.3% from the field. Uh, that that's something he's clearly capable of and shouldn't shock anyone. And, and it shouldn't shock him. He should be expecting that of himself. Yeah. I think, I think the, the role thing is interesting with both of both he and Morgan, as we talk about that, you know, McRoberts is one guy who, and to kind of throw him into this conversation, he's a guy who, you know, exactly what, is expected of him when he comes in and he knows that as well. Um, and I think, you know, the same could be said of OG and Juwan Morgan last year. And we, we talked about that on the show that it was, um, you know, those guys knew what they 
what they were in the game for and and that helped everybody understand their roles and those guys were willing to play that uh now as they get into more expanded roles uh and expanded you know og i think was intent on showing his you know three-point shot uh early and i think tonight was a great example of him finding balance um to talk you know to talk through that or to to figure that out and so um i think tonight hopefully is a step in that direction of really figuring out when to use what tools that he has available to him and and hopefully john morgan isn't far behind in that in that development uh situation but i do think it's something to keep in mind early in the season as we we watch these guys try to figure out uh roles and things like that same thing can you know be said of the backcourt which we'll uh which we'll ch- touch on here briefly uh, so, you know, as we move forward, uh, we're definitely, we want to touch on some of the freshmen. This is a game when, uh, those guys get a chance to get some additional minutes. I thought there were some notable performances there. We want to talk about those guys, uh, and Josh Newkirk, uh, who slid into the starting lineup as well. And, uh, I believe led the team in assists tonight. Um, but before we do that, uh, wanted to, uh, give, you know, a minute and talk about why you should activate your free assembly call membership. Uh, three key reasons, really. And one, quick and easy. You can go to assemblycall.com slash join. And it takes just about 15 seconds uh, to get your name on there. Um, it's how you get our best content. Uh, when you join that, you receive the weekly six banner Saturday IU Hoops News Roundups, as well as the uh, detailed post-game emails, like the ones that will go out after uh, ten- tonight's game. And then it's also how you can connect with us in the assembly hall assembly call community uh, and only members can access our moderated post-game live chats and discussion forum. So if you like what you're hearing on the assembly call, become a member. Uh, it's the next, next logical step for you. And to do that, you can join us for free at assemblycall.com slash join. You're listening to the assembly call. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Ryan Phillips, and we're talking about IU's 85 to 52 victory over Mississippi Valley State uh, on Sunday evening. And uh, and Ryan, one of the guys we haven't really talked about uh, to this point was Josh Newkirk. Uh, he slid into the starting lineup with James Blackman out, uh, and uh, and ended up with just five points. Uh, missed all three of his uh, three pointers. I think you know. I think Jared talked about that a little bit. You know, water finds its level at some point. He was seven of eight or seven of his last eight uh, coming into this game. Missed all three of his threes, but he did have six assists, four rebounds, uh, had a couple turnovers. But I thought overall uh, played a played a decent game uh, from him. Again, led the team in assists with those six assists and and grabbed four boards as well. Uh, and both of his his shots that he made were ones driving to the basket. One was an and one uh, where he got to the line. Another was another uh, a good drive to the lane. Uh, what did you see from him? And and do you see you know questions continue to persist around who is IU's point guard? Um, so some could look at only the box score from tonight's game and say he had six assists. Uh, maybe he's that guy. I, I guess how would you respond to to that notion? Well, I thought he looked much better in this game than he did against Fort Wayne. I think against Fort Wayne, he just seemed lost and and was much slower and was it was not playing that up tempo IU basketball, and that really held the offense back. And he wasn't the only one; there were a lot of guys doing that. Uh, I, I thought he played a very good game tonight, especially off the jump. He was super aggressive to start, set the tone early, moved the ball around really well, uh, and, and also attacked the basket. And guess what? If you're not going to stand there and be able to knock down threes as the point guard in this offense, you better be getting to the hoop. And and he did that tonight. And I think that I I, I agree that with, with you guys, that I don't think he's a bad three-point shooter. I don't think that's going to be a, a persistent issue, but he's not going to shoot 45%. You know, he's not going to be Yogi. He's not going to shoot between 42 and 45, but he's going to hit him. Uh, so, you know, he might be streaky. I don't know. We haven't seen enough of him to know if he's a streaky shooter or, or what the deal is, but he was over three tonight. All three were pretty good shots. I didn't think, I, I mean, as far as I can remember, I think all three were pretty good shots. Uh, they just didn't go down. 
But yeah, he is a guy who is very willing to move the basketball and find open people and and create opportunities for others with his driving and and that's key and that's that I that's why I think he should be in the starting lineup over Jawan Morgan. I mean I I know against Fort Wayne they started Morgan as having, you know, to to have some more size in the lineup and had him bringing the ball up and and I just did not like that lineup. I thought it was slow and I thought it was just guys looking out of position. And I think that Newkirk at that point guard spot it's something he's comfortable with and and he can get IU moving in the right direction. So I, I think that that was the right call to start him tonight. I, I think that again, it's a work in progress with some of these guys because they haven't played. I know these guys have been practicing together for a long time. Newkirk's been here over a year. I mean, but it, it, I can't explain to you how different it is actually playing in a game with each other than it is practicing, than it is, you know, watching, than it is playing scrimmages and all that stuff. These guys have not been playing together that long. And, and so it's going to take time for these guys to get used to each other. And I think Newkirk's going to be one of the biggest beneficiaries of the team sort of coalescing and finding that identity. Yeah, I, I liked what I saw from him tonight overall. Uh, you know, again, I don't, I, I would, I think your assessment was spot on in terms of if you're not going to hit three point shots and you got to move the ball and get into the lane. And I thought that was what he, uh, he brought, didn't really feel like he forced shots, as you mentioned. And, uh, overall a solid performance was, was a good distributor. Uh, and on a night when, you know, Robert Johnson only had three assists, uh, you know, I think it's good to see Newkirk as, as those two are kind of like the, the two headed monster to, to try to replace Yogi that, you know, between the two of them, you get nine assists. I think on most nights you're going to feel pretty good about the, the result if you can do that. And again, IU with, you know, 20 assists in total on 29 made field goals uh, is a good sign from a ball movement standpoint. And, and I thought Newkirk uh, exemplified that pretty well. Uh, so let's kind of, I'm going to lump all the newcomers together, uh, both freshmen and uh, Freddie McSwain. You know, games like these, when you feel like you're going to be up by a pretty wide margin or ones where you really want to see these guys get some minutes, uh, get a chance to play in different combinations, either with, you know, themselves or uh, other guys on the team. And I thought, you know, a couple of them played really well tonight. You know, Curtis Jones is the one that comes to mind uh, with, you know, nine points, five assists, three rebounds. Did have a couple turnovers against the press, but overall thought he played his best game uh, in a, since the Kansas game. Uh, you had uh, Devontae Green didn't score, um, didn't have a ton of, you know, a couple turnovers and assists to rebound. Uh, not a whole lot from him. Deron Davis, again, another solid performance, you know, six points, um, four rebounds. Had a couple blocks. He and uh, Thomas Bryant were swatting shots left and right when they were in there together for a little while. And then Freddie McSwain, three of three from the floor, had six points, three rebounds, in uh, in just ten minutes for him. So uh, thoughts on thoughts on the newcomers for this team and and what you saw from them tonight that bodes well going forward. Yeah, uh, Curtis Jones obviously stood out. I think that uh, he 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 took two threes. That the two threes he missed were kind of I wasn't sure. I, I thought he might have pulled the trigger a little early on him. But you know, five assists. The guy's distributing the ball. He's uh, he's aggressive on defense, which I like. It can kind of burn him a little bit. But that's a freshman. They do that. Uh, the two turnovers. One of them was a pass that only a freshman would make. And you know, I mean, I said that on Twitter. It's it, you know that's going to happen. It's it's a freshman. They, they do silly things like that. Then they watch film and they learn from it, hopefully. Um, and But his nine points, five assists, three rebounds, uh, shot three six from the field, hit one of three three-pointers. I, I thought that it was a solid performance from him in 17 minutes. I, I think that when you get that kind of playing time, it's not about showing off. It's not about impressing. It's about showing that you fit in and feeling like you're uh, you know, on the level of co playing college basketball. And he looked like that tonight. 
Devontae Green, I you know, this was one of those freshman games where he just did not look good. Uh, I, I saw one or two times where he got beat defensively and didn't try to recover. And, and that's, I mean, that is unacceptable. And, and again, he's a freshman. He'll learn and he'll figure that out. And you can't pout at yourself for screwing up uh, in college. That That's not how that works. Every possession matters. And so one time he just got blown by and he just kind of stood there. Uh, you know, showing like a face or something, you know, and it's like, dude, turn around and get, you know, help out. Uh, he had two bad turnovers. He, he did have a block and a steal, but you know, it, it's, it's the kind of thing where I, I, it's hard for me to judge him harshly for that performance though, because again, he's played a handful of college basketball games, you know? So these kind of nights are going to happen and they're going to happen to all the other guys too. They're going to have up and down nights. That's, that's what being a freshman is. And, uh, Duran Davis, uh, you know, the love affair continues. I love that kid. He is fantastic. Uh, he's going to be, I think by the time conference play rolls around, he's going to be huge for this team and watching he and Thomas Bryant in there together in the second half, having a block party where they combined for five blocks was just fantastic. Uh, six points, four boards, two of five. He made both of his two of five from the field, made both of his free throws. Um, that's a guy who's going to be going to be big for Indiana, especially if Brian has foul trouble. He's just a guy who knows how to play the game of basketball. Yeah, and I think he's uh, he's as good a segue as any to get to the North Carolina game because I think we're going to see uh, those two guys with a chance to play together a bit in that game just because of North Carolina's size. So, uh, you know, wanted to just kind of give some quick thoughts on North Carolina uh, before this game. The, the Tar Heels have looked really good. One of the arguably the better teams so far uh, this season just came off a win in, uh, in Maui. Uh, beat Oklahoma State, who I think is a pretty solid team by 32 and uh, hung 107 on them in the semifinals and then beat Wisconsin uh, by 15. They were up pretty handily even in the first half. So, uh, you know, they are are playing really well. And I think people expected them to fall off m- maybe more than they have without Bryce Johnson, without Marcus Page. Um, but they uh, have really looked good. They've got five guys, I think, in scoring in double figures at this point, led by Joel Berry. Uh, who's played really well from a, a guard spot for them. Justin Jackson will be a good matchup for uh, you know the OGs or Juwan Morgans at the small forward spot. And then they've got Isaiah Hicks and Kennedy Meeks, both big guys inside, you know, averaging about you know 18 points and uh, 16, 17 rebounds between the two of them there. And then a freshman, Tony Bradley, uh, another big guy averaging uh, 11 points and seven rebounds so far. So, you know, a lot of size there. I think we're going to see a really, uh, you know, high paced game. They like to get out and run. IU obviously wants to do that as well. So uh, a lot of up and down in that game, you know, rebounding has been a real strength for IU so far that will be tested uh, undoubtedly in this game. North Carolina is going to, at least right now, as I'm looking at this, they're second in the nation in offensive rebounding percentage. Uh, IU, to its credit, 12th in defensive rebounding percentage and probably will uh, at least stay there or maybe even improve on that after tonight. Um, so I think that'll be important uh, to watch their battle on the boards. But uh, North, Car- North Carolina really shooting the ball well, both from three-point range and two-point range. So it's going to be a challenge for, for an IU team that has struggled um, defensively so far. Uh, North Carolina is going to put a lot of pressure on them. And uh, it, it will be uh, for sure the first you know real kind of raucous environment in Assembly Hall. Uh, and I think that will be uh, that will be really exciting to see students will be back on campus. Big name opponent in there should be a should be a great game on uh, on Wednesday night at nine. And that game's going to be uh, on ESPN. So, yeah, as Ryan put in the chat, their experience deep and big. And that is a, a challenging combination no matter how you look at it. And so I think it'll be a good test for IU. It'll show what they've learned uh, from the games they've had so far this season, what they learned from that loss to Fort Wayne and um, how they're going to be able to build on that going forward. So we're looking forward to it and we will uh, most certainly be back here 
uh, to talk about that game, win or lose, uh, after that one goes final. And uh, before we get to last call, uh, just one quick reminder, a great way to support uh, the show is by ordering the official Assembly Call t-shirt from HoosierProud.com. As I mentioned uh, earlier in the show, got mine this week. Looks great. Um, you know, definitely a step up in quality over the ones that we had before. So we definitely encourage everybody to go out and, uh, and pick one of those up. You can go to HoosierProud.com and check out their selection of unique stylish apparel that anyone with Indiana roots will love. And don't forget to use the promo code assembly to get 15% off. That works for the assembly call logo t-shirts and anything else that you buy on the site. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff on there. So again, that URL is hoosierproud.com. All right, you're listening to the assembly call. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Ryan Phillips, and we're getting ready here to uh, wrap up. I use 85 to 52 win over Mississippi Valley State. Uh, and we're going to go to uh, last call now. Should be a, a slightly shorter version of last call since it's just the two of us. Uh, so, Ryan, I will let you go first with your last call for tonight's game. Uh, yeah, I just want to let people know, you know, this team – it's still got some learning to do and still got some forming to do. It's, it's a, it's still kind of a lump of clay that they're putting together. There's a lot. And, and there's, a, it's high quality, just have to kind of form it and, and shape it. And, and I think we saw in Fort Wayne uh, that a lot of people have bought into this being a finished product and it clearly is not. And, and, and I think that winning against Kansas sort of raised expectations uh, maybe higher than they should have been this early. And Tom Crean at Hoosier hysteria said, you know, be patient with us. It's going to take time. And and he knows better than anybody that it was going to take time. And uh, you sort of sense that, that, that those chickens came home to roost against, uh, against um, Fort Wayne. So I, I think that what you've got to realize is that going into this North Carolina game, that is an experienced, deep, big team. It's going to be a tough test for Indiana. Indiana can beat this team though. Uh, the key is going to be rebounding. The key is going to be OG Ananobi, Thomas Bryant, Deron Davis, and Juwan Morgan stepping up inside to keep those guys off the glass and and, and defend uh, uh, Hicks, Meeks, and, uh, and Tony Bradley. Th- those guys cannot dominate Indiana if Indiana wants to win the game. So I think that from the guard perspective, it's, it's pretty much a wash, but the, the key is going to be topping that front court and, and, and beating that front court. And Indiana certainly is capable of doing it. Uh, it's just a matter of which team shows up and, and if they play together and play the right way. So it's going to be a fun game. I'm excited about it. Another great measuring stick for this team and a chance to prove that the Fort Wayne loss was a fluke instead of something that, hey, this is a team that's really struggling. Uh, so I think it'll be a, a real fun game. And uh, anytime Indiana and North Carolina get together, it's a, it's, it's a great thing for college basketball. Yeah, I think, you know, the one thing that I'm going to look for in that game is just consistency and sustaining play at a high level. Uh, we didn't really talk about, you know, I mentioned it briefly earlier, but there was, you know, a stretch in the first half when, you know, Mississippi Valley State, who's arguably one of the, you know, five worst programs in the country, went on a 12-0 run. And that was after IU got off to a really good start and they and they played, you know, really with a lot of intensity on the defensive end, moved the ball really well and and felt like they had, you know, had a concerted effort to to shake some of the things that didn't go well uh against uh, against Fort Wayne and then they went into this funk in the you know kind of middle to late portion of the first half and really let Mississippi Valley State in it and I think you know those kinds of lapses against a team like this you can overcome um in the same way that I think some of these other wins might have gotten them into some bad habits heading into the Fort Wayne game uh, you're not going to be able to do that against North Carolina now you can make the argument that it should be easier to maintain that level of intensity against North Carolina but 
you know, to me, that's what I'm looking for is how they sustain that. IU did a good job of sustaining the momentum they gained at the end of the first half by playing really well to start the second half and really put the game away and and kind of cruise from that point. Um, so what I want to see from that game is come out strong from the start and uh, and keep it up uh, as they go because they can't have these lulls of, of play that they've had um, where they just miss opportunities to either extend leads, get back in games, and things like that. And so that, for me, uh, is what I'll really be looking for and the, and the one thing that, if anything, was was lacking at times tonight uh, in, a, in a game against a team that they had clearly overmatched and, and in a game that they won by 33 points. Uh, so that will do it for this edition of the Assembly Call. Uh, we will be back again on Wednesday night after the IU North Carolina game. Again, that's a 9 o'clock Eastern tip on ESPN. Uh, would imagine it'll actually probably tip a little bit later than that as the game before it will assuredly run over. Um, but uh, hopefully, you know, around you know, 9, 10, it'll, it'll get started and we'll be here after the game to break it down for you. Uh, we appreciate everybody for listening tonight to, uh, to Ryan and I try to go it alone without Jared. Uh, Jared, I missed you tonight because uh, hosting the show is much harder than my usual role in here. So uh, hopefully we, uh, we did you proud. But uh, again, IU wins over Mississippi Valley State 85 to 52. And we will talk to everybody on Wednesday night. Go Hoosiers. Let me be straight with you. This is a radio commercial for three small business insurance. With three, your entire business is covered. So while you can't see the following scene, just know that this contractor's business is protected by three. Hey, toss me that drill. Yeah, man. Heads up. expensive now this is an insurance moment but three's got it covered three is a product of berkshire hathaway direct insurance company three no nonsense just common sense with the powerful combination of michelin x1 tires and the michelin energy guard aerodynamic solution on your truck you can save 17 gallons every 1,000 miles go to business.michelinman.com slash fuel saver for details some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.